Hello everyone, I am Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today we talked to Josh Ritchie, a singer-songwriter based in Ontario. While he was always interested in music, being completely surrounded by it, it wasn't until a soccer injury that he fully realized his passion. During the pandemic, he shifted his music to a more socially conscious style, embracing ideas of hope and togetherness. Inspired by themes of equality, justice, and understanding, he released a self-titled EP based on his involvement with the Black Lives Matter movement. His new album, Love at the End of the World, is a bigger picture view that aims to inspire love over hate. Without further ado, Love at the End of the World by Josh Ritchie. Looking for some love at the end of the world. 
Josh Ritchie, thank you so much for being on with us today. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. I'm looking forward to it. So the first thing we wanted to talk to you a little bit about was you told us you were interested in soccer, both playing and watching. Um, Just <laughs> yeah. tell us a little bit about how you got interested in it. Yeah, okay. So um, that's a good question, actually. I think my parents just kind of signed me up when I was little, just kind of like standard stuff. Um but then when I got a little bit older, I really got into it. Um, I'm a diehard Manchester United supporter. Um, and uh, yeah, I used to play pretty high level. Actually, in Canada, where I live, I played in the OSL. So it's like the Ontario League for a little while. Um, but then I got hurt really bad. Um, so I kind of had to stop <laughs> playing that. And I, and I kind of started falling in love with music a little bit more. But yeah, so I just kind of organically like my parents signed me up and I started liking it more and more and then I started watching it and I got into the culture kind of and and uh just just sort of organically I guess <laughs> so how'd you get interested in the Manchester team if you're from Canada um so we so um we have a friend over in Manchester who used oh, to send cool. me like a bunch of memorabilia every year she was like a she was like a serious fan like she was in the fan clubs and like donated to the club and everything so she she got all the swag and sent it over to me and then I found out that like their best year ever um they won like three trophies in one year the same year I was born so I thought that was pretty cool oh and yeah I kinda, yeah and I think it was because I was like nine and they would win all the games so when I was little so <laughs> I just kind of yeah hopped on that bandwagon a little bit <laughs> yeah I relate to this the uh, the parents throwing you into soccer at a young age and that becoming a yeah. thing but like I have never heard of maybe any more than Manchester United and Philly Union yeah. solely because that's where oh, we yeah. are <laughs> so <Yeah>. like <laughs> <laughs> limited soccer knowledge very limited soccer the podcast knowledge right now um what what position did you play when you were playing i was like a um 
I played all over, but when I got serious, I was like a left winger sort of thing. Like a Cristiano Ronaldo wannabe sort of. <laughs> got it. Got it. I've heard of his name before. <laughs> yeah. like, he's a popular <laughs> soccer player. So is it just soccer that uh, piques your interest in the realm of sports? Or is there anything else that maybe you're like a little bit into here and there? It's kind of just soccer, actually. Um, like growing up in Canada, obviously, there was a lot of like hockey around me. Um, but I was never really interested <laughs> in that at all. Uh, my brother is actually a, a UF or not a UFC fighter, but an MMA fighter. And um, he's kind of got me into that a little bit. And at first I was just kind of like, ew, gross. I don't want to watch that. Like that's a lot, but he's kind of made me see sort of the like art side of it. And like the, it's, it's like a high stakes chess match. So, so yeah, I've been getting into that just a little bit recently, but it's still pretty, it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> and I assume you have no plans to get like, into it oh physically (laughs) he's made me try to um to like spar with him or or practice with him a little bit and i'm like you are very scary i don't (laughs) want to (laughs) that's a no from me that's a no yeah (laughs) so you talked a little bit about um you said you were playing soccer for like your whole life pretty much and you were doing that like pretty high up uh, level and then you had a little bit of an injury uh, tell us about that injury and kind of how it led you into music yeah so I always kind of played music but it was always just sort of like my hobby or my escape sort of from the real world and I would just zone out and play guitar for hours um, but soccer was like I wanted to do something in that for a really long time but yeah I think it was when I was 17, I think, I got this really bad groin injury that didn't get diagnosed very well. And I kind of just kept playing on it because I was just stepping up into kind of like the 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 like the men's senior team. And I really didn't want to like lose my momentum. So I kind of like lied a little bit. Um, but then I got to a point where like I couldn't really move. <laughs> so I had to kind of take take a very long sideline from playing. But I also got my first part-time job around then and I was making a little bit of money. So I'd spend it all on guitar stuff. Whereas before I would spend it all on soccer stuff. So I just kind of, I've got buying like amps and effects pedals and multiple guitars. And 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 I, I kind of realized like, oh, I'm, I'm okay at this. Like maybe this is sort of <laughs> the, the, the side of things I should be exploring a little bit more. So was guitar the first instrument you learned how to play or was that the instrument of choice? Uh, yeah, it was the first instrument I learned how to play. Um, my dad's actually a professional keyboard player. Oh, cool. um, and he always jokes that like, I never wanted to play his instrument. Um, but to be fair, he never taught me. I had to teach him. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Guitar was the, the first one I learned. I just kind of picked it up. Um, when I was very little and like found a chord book and kind of taught myself a bunch of chords and, and sort of went from there. So uh, you, you said your dad wouldn't teach you uh, the keyboard, but we know that um, your mother and your grandmother are actually like music teachers. So did they teach you anything or did they also just kind of throw you an instrument and hope for the best? 
Uh, it's actually just my grandmother that's a music teacher, but mm. like she didn't either. She didn't, <laughs> none of them really taught me anything. They were super supportive, but they never were like, here's your major scale. Here's your like, like theory. None of them were ever like that. I guess they just kind of let me pick it up naturally. Um, but yeah, now that I'm kind of in this place in my life, I'm kind of like, you could have like nudged me a little harder earlier on. <laughs> But so you've been surrounded by music for your whole life. How did that kind of influence you into the transition of the genre of music that you're playing now? Um, yeah, so I grew up in like the the folk music world pretty heavily. Um, and like every family vacation we went on would be like just following dad around on tour, basically. <laughs> um, so so we got to see a lot of like folk festivals and a lot of really cool, like world music acts and everything like that. And I liked that kind of stuff. And it was interesting while I was there, but I never really wanted to, like, it was never something I would reach for when I was just listening to music myself. Um, and that was my mom's influence because she liked a bunch of like um, rock bands from like the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. So she got me into U2. Um, and that's what really got me sort of like, Oh, this is kind of like, this is more my kind of music. Like, like just a little bit more, um, what's the word? Like, like relatable, I guess. And a little bit less like historical, um, a little bit more pop sensibility and like electric guitars and laps stadium rock and that kind of thing really got me going and that's what sort of launched me down that path I think was heavy YouTube influence for sure that's kind of um I I want to say still like a little bit different than what you're you're doing now so what are you listening to now like is it still like that U2 and rock stuff or have you mixed in a lot of that folk stuff maybe some like blues or anything like that there's definitely a lot of blues influence. Um, I started learning blues guitar when I first started learning. So that is just sort of in me, I guess. Um, but yeah, what have I been listening to lately? Uh, with my most recent EP, there's definitely a little bit of like blues folk influence to it. Uh, a lot more storytelling kind of stuff there. But lately I've been listening to a lot of like alternative rock actually. And like almost like, alternative grunge so a lot of like jeff buckley um a little bit of like nirvana and uh stuff like that but yeah i don't i don't necessarily write what i listen to because i always want to um like i'll listen to like like classical music and think like oh i should do something like that um i probably shouldn't but um <laughs> um yeah i it just it just sort of it's whatever comes out i suppose when when i'm in that sort of creative space. So you talked a little bit about your EP that you recently released um, and the storytelling through your music. Um, so we know this EP is a precursor to your album that's coming out uh, on September 30th. Could you tell us about the inspiration behind like the songs you chose for the EP and what we can expect, you know, with that album? Yeah, so the EP is a little... Um, it, it's sort of like a moment on the album that I really wanted to focus on. Uh, the EP is all like Black Lives Matter inspired songs that um, I wrote two of them myself. And one of them is actually a very old one of my dad's that I originally just dusted off when I first started performing because I needed repertoire. Um, 
but yeah, I was able to do my own kind of spin on that, on it. And that was pretty cool. Uh, in 2020, sort of like right in the middle of the pandemic and right in the middle where of the George Floyd incidents and everything, I started kind of writing again. Um, and like, as a lot of people will know, being locked in your room isn't really the most inspiring kind of place <laughs> to um, come up with any idea. So I, I, I started writing about like experiences that the world are going through instead of what I'm going through. Um, and so, yeah, so naturally that sort of Black Lives Matter stuff just kind of came up and I'm like biracial, my mom is black and my dad's white. So that's some an issue that like I, I feel very close to and um, I was lucky enough as soon as the first lockdown sort of ease, we started a Black Lives Matter march in my hometown. And that's what the third song Walk is all about. It's just sort of like the uh, the like emotions and everything I dealt with sort of helping organize and lead that. And that was that's pretty cool of um, pretty cool experience to be able to like write about and 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 share with more people than that were at the event. So so you said that that's like a moment in in your album like these three songs what else like can we sort of expect to hear is there other like moments is it a big uh piece of like storytelling media or is the rest of it a little bit more fluid in its um kind of just existence um it is it's definitely focused around sort of like a very it's socially conscious I would say um to not just like uh systemic racism or the Black Lives Matter stuff but also just sort of like what everybody has been going through in the past little bit like we're very divided um as just a people of of human beings right now and there's a lot of unrest and everything and the album's actually called Love at the End of the World and um it's just sort of trying to get back to thinking about each other and and not a little bit less hate and a little bit more love um even even in like these like really dark lockdowny lonely um unresty times and just sort of like it's 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 not supposed to be sad um it's maybe sad <laughs> in places but um it's supposed to be just sort of like a hopeful thing for anyone else who's kind of feeling that way to sort of go to these songs and just sort of feel a little bit less crappy for a little bit. So um, we, we kind of have this, this setting now and like where it was written and how it kind of came about, but tell us a little bit more about like the active writing of it. Like what was the process for you kind of getting through, like, let's say the EP. Yeah. So it, weirdly enough, the writing process was really quick actually. Like I just sort of, um, I literally, for for the two songs that I wrote on the EP, I literally just sat down with a guitar or a piano and, and started to play and then just sort of vomited the song out almost complete all at once, which is kind of cool. That doesn't happen super often. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't much of a process, but more just sort of like, uh, a very like live um, writing experience that I kind of just like was dealing with stuff and and got it out musically kind of. And I know you said that these songs just came out but with topics that are you know in that time were so 
heavy and happening in real time was it um how did it feel to kind of get that out and like have people hear it for the first time it was pretty scary actually um i wasn't really sure how it was gonna go over um uh thankfully there's been no backlash or anything yet so um fingers crossed i guess um (laughs) but yeah it was pretty weird um it in one sense like I felt very good and proud of what I had accomplished and um the issues that I was kind of trying to bring to light with my work but on the other hand I was very scared uh to sort of be that vulnerable publicly I think um and uh yeah I I kind of I kind of, I kind of spiraled a little bit, <laughs> definitely in the build up to releasing it. But I, I'm, I'm just happy that they're, they're out there now and they're, they're doing okay and, and nobody is mad at me. So I guess that's <laughs> always a good thing. So in that, in that same sort of vein, um, how are you feeling about? Uh, the album that's coming up in like that same sort of aspect of how do you feel it's going to be taken and like what are you feeling in that in in this moment yeah I'm I feel a little bit better way less scared than the straight up Black Lives Matter like like philosophy that I was kind of spouting the first time around um and uh, still, obviously, I think everyone's a little nervous when they release new music for the first time and everything. Um, but I do feel a lot more, maybe not confident, but just uh, I'm a little bit more excited this time around to share a bigger uh, sort of selection of songs. And I think now that I've kind of done the the hardest part of that, um, that I can just I can just kind of be a little bit more excited and a little bit less scared with this <laughs> release. So you talked about the storytelling element through the songs on the EP. Um, and how does that translate over to the album? Is the album uh, kind of a bigger picture of the Black Lives Matter movement? Or is it more maybe intertwined with your emotions and what you, you know, were going through as you were writing those songs? Can you tell us a little bit about that transition? Yeah, it's definitely got, um, it, it's, it's, touches on more topics than just the black lives matter stuff, but it is a lot of, there are some more protest songs on there for sure. And um, a lot of just sort of like hopeful songs, I think just that will kind of get through this kind of sticky period and, um, and kind of all be okay and get along with each other again. Um, But yeah, it definitely, uh the the songs from the ep will be split up to in the running order um so so they kind of are weaved in i guess of this greater story that is the album now you you said that one of the songs on the ep was one of like your dad's songs yeah uh, do you think that's like do, when you were doing that like kind of revamping it is this kind of like a way to I don't know, not necessarily honor, but like kind of show like some respect to him or is it just something that you found and were like, this is really good? Because I know you said you were like dusting yourself off with it a little bit. Like how 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 did you get to the point where you were like recreating one of your dad's songs? Yeah, so um, 
he we were playing some gigs together and looking for repertoire and that's kind of how it came to be but um once I sort of I think the first couple times we did it it didn't it didn't really click (laughs) um (laughs) uh but once it kind of started to click um I definitely knew I wanted to uh put my own spin on it more than anything um I mean like and there is the obvious like paying respects to the guy who kind of trained me a little bit and like like literally brought me up by playing this song and a bunch of other songs um but definitely just just kind of an excuse to to put my own spin on one of his songs I guess what did yeah what was like when he heard it for the first time what was his reaction to it after it was like completely finished and mastered and all that stuff um he he likes it a lot he actually played on it so um okay. I, he, he kind of got a sense of it as it was being created but he was almost more keen for me to do it than I was I think he was really excited to hear what I could do with it and everything and um I actually stripped it back a lot from its original version um and just kind of focused on his piano playing and my vocal and how they kind of just like the story more than the um, greater instrumentation of the song was what I kind of wanted to drive home there. Now, um, during 2020, 2021, uh, the EP wasn't the only thing that you necessarily like did. We saw that you kind of got yourself involved in some musical competitions uh, so tell us a little bit about them, the uh, the Toronto Blue Society competition and the CBC Searchlight, I believe, were the two. Yeah, yeah. So the Searchlight was just something that my targeted ads told me about. Um, and yeah, as a musician, targeted ads aren't always a bad thing. Um, it's crazy um, how specific they get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so a couple of my friends also who are also musicians um, were entered that year. And I just thought like, well, it, it didn't cost anything. So I just kind of threw my name in the hat. And um, for that, you have to like encourage your fan base to like vote for you daily. So it was really great to have sort of like a whole community get behind me and like the the post numbers on my Facebook and Instagram were like, they've never been higher. And it was really cool to like, just see everyone kind of get on board. And I actually got out of a speeding ticket from it, which was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool. And I, there were like a few rounds and I, I made it past the first round, I think. And then, um, then I just didn't make it into the higher ones, but that was pretty cool. And then the Toronto Blues Society thing, that was super random. I was supposed to play this blues festival somewhere in Ontario in 2020, but like the pandemic yeah. happened. Yeah. And, um, but they sent me this, like, like they just forwarded this like competition thing to me. And I thought like, okay, sure. Like I've got literally nothing else going on. And I've completely forgot about it until a few weeks before the event, this, like, I kept getting emails from the Toronto Blue Society. And I was like, I'm not in the Toronto Blue Society. I don't know why they keep emailing me. So I finally read one and they were like, we want you to perform at this kind of like showcase finale. And I was like, oh my God, yes, please. Like, what am I doing? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's COVID. I forgot how to be a like working person. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And I got in there just in time. Um, and I got to play a show in 2020, so that was pretty cool. 
and yeah, I ended up finishing runner up there. So that was, that was a pretty fun night. Yeah. Okay. Now, before I ask anything else, you're going to have to tell us how you got out of a speeding ticket. That was my next question too. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I guess I was, I was kind of like, I was listening to, I think a Fleetwood Mac song and just like, really, I was really into it and I wasn't really paying attention. And then all of a sudden, like there were police lights behind me and I was like, Oh my God, I had never been pulled over before. And I didn't know what a registration was. So he like comes up to the window and is like license and registration. And I was like, here's my license. And I was like, I'm going to go in the glove compartment. I don't know what a registration is. You'll have to like help me. And he was like, and I was like where it was winter. So I was like wearing a hat and everything. And he, and he was looking at my license. He was like, are you the guy in the searchlight thing with the louder guy and everything? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, right on, man. I've been voting for you and everything. I was like, oh my God, thanks so much, I guess. And he's like, what are you listening to? And I was like, oh, just a little Fleetwood Mac. And I turned it up and he was like, oh, nice. And then he just kind of let me go. And <laughs> yeah, I was feeling pretty good after that. <laughs> For like a while, I, I rode that high for a little while. <laughs> oh, we love that. Oh my God, we <laughs> love that. Um, so with that, the, the competitions and stuff, do you think that's something that you might like continue to do just because why not? Um, maybe when they, when one comes around that doesn't really cost anything to enter and I've got the time to sort of, um, like pay it its dues then maybe it's not really something i would focus on focus on um i don't know like music competitions are always kind of like they're kind of weird it's not really the point um but yeah they can be fun and i've met a lot of great people through them and a lot of my like closest music friends i've met through music competitions that we were all kind of just like let's just hang out <laughs> instead but but <laughs> yeah so uh one thing i wanted to talk about a little bit is just your transition as a musician from your first album to the second album. So uh, Love at the End of the World comes out on September 30th. Um, what has been kind of your journey as a musician, as, as a writer from that first album? Yeah, um, I think the biggest change um, has been my kind of like understanding of like the process of recording and mixing actually. Um, so like in COVID, I was able to just like really kind of geek out over a lot of that stuff and and like like to an absurd like <laughs> degree of like like what what tubes in an amp sound the best or like what way do you route your pedal board to make it sound the best. And um the kind of like overlying theme I've found by doing all that research is like how to orchestrate a piece of music and how to sort of like play with the space in a mix that isn't actually something physical. It's all, it's all like um, in your head basically, but how do you create a landscape that way? And that's what I've definitely been exploring the most with, with making this new album that I kind of didn't have an appreciation for with the first, I think. Um, so like really getting into like the 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 technicality of a guitar sound and like where I want it to sit 
when somebody like listens to it and closes their eyes and like how that can evoke a certain emotion or like how that can help tell the story of a song. Um, basically just doing everything I can to sort of paint my song in the best light, I suppose. You have this kind of, I don't want to say new style, but you have this new understanding of music and you're going to be playing live relatively soon. You're doing yeah. a an album launch show, correct? Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about that? Like being able to play like this new music live for everyone? I'm very, very excited about it. I'm like, I love being in the studio and recording and it's pretty fun, but there's nothing like playing live. Like it's just so much, it's so much better. Um, and to get an immediate reaction and engage with the crowd and 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 improvise a little bit here and there and and just feel the the energy that way, that is kind of my bread and butter. Um, so I'm really looking forward to playing the new songs. Um, definitely have to sort of think about the arrangements to them, <laughs> which is something I'll have to get working on pretty soon. But um, yeah, right now I'm just, just sort of getting excited about being able to do that and being able to be loud again and, and a little obnoxiously loud and just, just really, really getting back into it, I think. Yeah. Now, is this going to be your first show back or have you been able to play a few over the maybe 2021? Yeah, I've played a few over, I actually played a few in 2020, I was lucky enough to, um, but then I've played a fair bit this summer, um, a lot of outdoor gigs uh, and some festivals and stuff. So this will be my first like real full set. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to be able to like have a sound check and like really craft a show. Um, but yeah, this will be it's it's not my I'm not I'm not as rusty as maybe I would have been a few months ago. <laughs> I think some of the other things that we wanted to just uh, ask you a little bit about, um, we, we kind of got a gist of you being, you know, pretty familiar with music from a very young age. But what are some of uh, the inspirations for you uh, writing either musically or experientially? Um, musically is definitely um inspired by like i think actually in both senses actually it's like other great songs really inspire me to like try and do my own version of that um i think i i said this the other day i i don't know if it's true or not but paul mccartney once said maybe something <laughs> like that like he just like doing his version of songs he heard on the radio or something like that and i thought that was a really cool like way to approach um writing um sometimes it can get a little bit like, oh, did I just, just rip somebody off? But, um, <laughs> but usually like, like your own sort of personal human um, um, experience sort of like changes it. So it's something completely different, even though it, it's just a, another great song that kind of got you going um, creatively, I guess. Uh, but definitely, so definitely like just listening to a lot of, other music and sometimes like weird random stuff like I like a weird combination of genres for sure like like a like a um what's one I was listening to this like Afro-Cuban um band just a couple weekends ago that were like their rhythmic stuff was so cool it was like oh I gotta get out of four or four time you know like and just really really open my eyes to a whole other like side of creativity I guess 
Um, when you're like, say you're feeling inspired, sit down to start writing a song. What does that process look like? Does that you just strum it on the guitar until you hear something you like, or is it your phone full of voice notes that you think of and then translate to the guitar? Like what's that process look like? Um, it's usually pretty just like by chance, like I'm usually playing a guitar or or a piano like it's not always a guitar um but i'm usually just noodling around on something and then something will kind of i'll i'll come across a progression or a riff or something that i kind of like and i'll kind of like put it in my the back of my mind a little bit and be thinking about it and and just through repetition i suppose of just like playing a lick or a phrase or or a lyric or a hook or something like that and then it sort of just like builds out from from that one little thing that it started out as sort of. And then from there, I get very like particular about arrangements and like, cause I can play so many instruments that sometimes I get a little <laughs> spoiled for choice of like, oh, I could do that or I could do that or maybe I should just shut up and sing or like, um, so yeah, it, it's just a very like, I kind of stumble across songs, I think. Um, and and try and not mess them up with too much <laughs> like um showing off i guess how many how many instruments do you play um can i play or should i play <laughs> um i the main ones like guitar bass drums and piano but like i can i can fake it on some other string instruments just just string instruments we uh we haven't gotten to the brass yet no no yeah i i can't uh, if i if i had some lying around i'm sure i'd give it a go but um <laughs> but yeah pretty yeah. expensive piece yeah exactly yeah, yeah. to the yeah. point where you can yeah. have your choice of what you want like what you want to go towards whatever you're in whatever you're writing yeah yeah which is pretty nice um and I have a good sort of community of of real pros who who know what they're doing on those instruments that I can go to when I'm when my ideas outweigh my capabilities. So with with the information that you have and this kind of like, again, this better understanding that you've kind of uh, conducted and grown over time, do you think uh, and maybe like taking inspiration from all those different music. You, I know you said like you shouldn't do classical music, but you never know. <laughs> do you have plans to do anything like a little bit out there anytime soon? Like, do you want to come out of that four, four and do some more in uh, like different rhythmic stuff? Like, do we have any plans for that? Or is it just kind of like, eh, we'll get there when we get there. A little bit of both. Like I, I never want to say never. And I definitely want each sort of project I do to to try something new um I I always kind of like the bands the best that like go off on weird tangents and sometimes they like like release a record that's completely different or just there's a song on there that's like whoa where did that come from um <laughs> and I definitely want to do a bit of that myself so I've been playing with the idea of like putting the guitar down for a record and and trying to just like use other um layers and and sounds kind of um or i've also kind of 
thought about the opposite and just like focusing more on the guitar and and it's sort of like in different styles like maybe going more acoustic or going a little bit grungy i i have a lot of ideas out there it kind of just depends on which one is probably which one i can afford first <laughs> um, but yeah yeah with that uh sydney do you have any other questions for josh so Josh, where can we find and follow you online and where can we stream and listen to all of your music? Yeah, so um, all my music's on all the major streaming platforms, the Spotify's, the Apple Music's and the Amazon Music and everything. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok now. That's a new one for me. Um, all at Josh Ritchie Music. And uh, yeah, the new album will be out on all those places very soon. Um, yeah. So September 30th, yeah, when the album cool. comes out. Yeah. We're excited. And um, we thank you very much again for coming on with us. It was a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. This was totally fun. 